Nats Chat is brought to you by Walters. Walters is the spot to be at this summer in Navy Yard. Make sure to check out Walters self Poor Wall, Walters Unlimited Televisions, and Walters Outdoor Patio. Located just across the street from Nationals Park, open daily at 11 a.m. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now two and one to Trey. The pitch. Swing a line drive deep left field toward the corner. Will it stay fair? It's back there and it is fair off the wall. Heading home is Sosa to third. Castellanos and slotting it at second with a wall ball double is Trey Turner. And the Phillies lead two to nothing. Now the 1-1. Abrams hits a ground ball to first. Step on the bag there. Now it's a timing play. The run will score. Ruiz caught in a rundown, but this is a tie game. Ruiz is tagged out by Turner. That's a great job by the Nationals to get in the rundown with the first baseman Ellis stepping on first. That took away the force play. Made it a timing play. The run will count, and it's a 2-2 ball game. Gore's delivery is launched in the air to left center field. Back it goes. Dickerson to the track at the wall, and it's gone down into the Phillies' bullpen. Phillies back in front, 3-2. JT Real Muto with his fourth homer of the season. And now the 0-2 on the way. Swing and a miss. Hipperl strikes out Abrams and closes the door on the Nationals for career save number 402. And welcome to Nats Chat for Sunday, June 4th. 2023. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the podcast. Hope that you're having a nice weekend. The Nationals' two-game winning streak is over. The Philadelphia Phillies' five-game losing streak is over. A 4-2 Nats loss to the Phillies at Nationals Park on Saturday in Game 2 of a three-game series. Don't forget to check out our new website, NatsChatPodcast.com, which allows you to listen to previous installments of the show. Contact the show and order a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt. Also, if you have like 20 seconds to spare, please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. The five-star ratings help out the podcast a lot, and uh, thank you very much for doing them. Uh, they are appreciated. Later in the show, I will discuss the report from the Washington Post on Saturday morning on Steven Strasburg. Man, the Strasburg conversation is changing. It's going from his career almost certainly being over to now his quality of life possibly being impacted going forward. Some frightening stuff. And also in this report, a jaw-dropping reveal regarding the Strasburg contract. But the hope with the likes of starting pitchers Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore, of course, is that uh, they can be Strasburg-like for the Nats in terms of effectiveness. 
We in the Nats wild 8-7 win over the Phillies on Friday night. Saw Gray have a not-so-great outing, right? Four runs in five and a third innings. We in this 4-2 loss to the Phillies on Saturday. Saw Mackenzie Gore be okay. Uh, he wasn't good, but he wasn't bad. Three runs in six innings. The biggest problem was that he gave up a lot of hits. He gave up nine hits, a home run, two doubles, and six singles. But he had six strikeouts versus no walks. You like that. He threw 101 pitches, 63 strikes versus 38 balls. Gore in the top of the second allowed a run on a one-out double by JT Real Muto to left field and a two-out RBI single by ex-nat Josh Harrison to left field on a 1-2 pitch for a one nothing Phillies lead. Yeah, you may have forgotten Josh Harrison is uh, on the Phillies. The Phillies have about 4,000 <laughs> ex-Nats on the team. Josh Harrison, not the most prominent of the ex-Nats on the Phillies, but Josh Harrison, very much an ex-Nat on the Phillies. Gore in the top of the third, a ladder run, a leadoff single by Edmundo Sosa to left field on a 1-2 pitch, a one-out infield single by Nick Castellanos on a broken bat grounder on which third baseman Jamer Candelario double-clutched on his throw to first base and a two-out RBI double by an ex-nat Trey Turner off the left field wall uh, near the left field corner for a 2-0 Phillies lead. And Gore in the top of the six allowed a run on a leadoff tie-breaking home run by JT Riomuto to left center field for a 3-2 Phillies lead. So decent outing by Gore. Not good, but not bad. You know, it's interesting to me when you do the compare and contrast of Mackenzie Gore versus Josiah Gray in this regular season. Each guy now has made 12 starts. Each guy has a whip of 142. Gray has the lower ERA, 309 to Gore's 366. Gore has the better strikeouts per nine innings, 11.25 to Gray's 7.39. There's also this, a drastic difference in each guy's BABIP allowed. Each guy's batting average on balls in play allowed. League average BABIP allowed tends to be around 300. Gore's BABIP allowed now is a sky-high 346. Gray's BABIP allowed is at 281. That would suggest that Mackenzie Gore has uh, suffered from some bad luck and Josiah Gray has benefited from some good luck. And with Gore, I mean, you think about like that infield single by Nick Castellanos on Saturday. That would be an example of Mackenzie Gore's bad luck on balls in play, a broken bad grounder on which Jamer Candelario ends up double clutching, and the result is an infield single. But overall, when it comes to Gore versus Gray, it's six in one, half dozen in the other in terms of which guy has been better. The key is that both guys this season have been a lot more good than bad. And, you know, that is the foundation upon which we are seeing this improved Nats team. It starts with Gore and Gray and what those guys have done this season. And while, you know, Gray lately has not been at his best and, you know, Gore on Saturday wasn't necessarily at his best, you still are so encouraged overall by what you're seeing from these guys this season. The Nats' bullpen on Saturday was fine. Manager Davey Martinez in the win on Friday night uh, unloaded the Nats' A bullpen. In that game, used Carl Edwards Jr., Hunter Harvey, Mason Thompson, and Kyle Finnegan. Davey, in this game on Saturday, only had to use two relievers. Uh, They were Erasmo Ramirez and Chad Cool. So not exactly the Nats' A bullpen, but Ramirez and Cool combined to allow one run in three innings. Erasmo Ramirez officially allowed one run in one inning. He tossed a perfect top of the seventh, and he and what ended up being a Phillies one-run eighth gave up a leadoff first pitch double by Bryce Harper to right field and then issued a walk of another ex-Nat, Trey Turner. 
And Chad Cool tossed two scoreless innings. Uh, he came into the game in the top of the eighth with runners on first and second, no outs, and the Nats down 3-2. He, in what ended up being that Phillies one-run eighth, uh, retired all three batters he faced. Now, the second out was a one-out RBI sack fly by Brandon Marsh for a 4-2 Phillies lead. But Cool then tossed a scoreless top of the ninth. The sample size for Chad Cool as a reliever for the Nats is small, but the results so far have actually been pretty good. Chad Cool as a reliever for the Nats, four games, seven and a third innings, one earned run, a whip of 0.95. Again, small sample size, but so far so good. I mean, at least Chad Cool is giving the Nats some value as a reliever. He really struggled as a starting pitcher, then suffered the foot injury. But since coming back from the foot injury as a reliever, you know, has actually done some pretty good things here for the Nats. The Nats offense in this 4-2 loss to the Phillies on Saturday got cooled off. The Nats, over their previous two games, totaled 18 runs. The Nats, in this game, a mere two runs. Uh, The Nats had just seven hits and just two walks. All seven of the hits were singles. No Nat in this game had more than one hit. This was a bullpen game for the Phillies, too, but seven Phillies relievers ended up combining to allow two runs in nine innings. It's funny, in game one of this series, a game started by a guy who, in theory, is one of the better starting pitchers in the National League East, right? Zach Wheeler. The Nats hit quite well in game two of this series, a bullpen game for the Phillies. The Nats did not hit so well. All of the Nats runs in this game on Saturday came in the bottom of the fourth. Props to K. Bert Ruiz. So, He is an ad starting catcher and number six batter, went one for four with an RBI single. He in the two-run fourth had a one-out first pitch RBI single to right field to cut the Nats deficit to 2-1. And then Ruiz on what ended up being C.J. Abrams' inning-ending 3-6 double play, sustained a rundown long enough for Dominic Smith to score to tie the game at two. Ruiz caught in a rundown, but this is a tie game. Ruiz is tagged out by Turner. That's a great job by the Nationals to get in the rundown. A very nice heads-up play by K. Bert Ruiz, who has made some outs on the base pass. I've talked about that on this podcast. But uh, Ruiz, in this instance, demonstrating a cerebral nature on the base pass. So well done by him. But otherwise, just not much happening for the Nats offensively in this game. Alex Cole, he is an at starting center fielder and number nine batter, 0 for 2 with a walk. He got picked off at first base. Cole, in the bottom of the fifth, reached base via fielder's choice, but then got picked off at first base for the third out. That was rough. C.J. Abrams, as an at starting shortstop and number eight batter, 1 for 4 with an infield single, but he, in the bottom of the ninth, struck out on three consecutive swings and misses against Phillies closer Craig Kimbrell to end the game. That was a rough plate appearance for C.J. Abrams. Speaking of striking out, Lane Thomas, he is the Nats starting right fielder and number one batter, went 0 for 4 with two cold strikeouts, each of which featured some really (laughs) bad cold strikes by the home plate umpire, Ben May. And, you know, I'm not big on going crazy over bad ball and strike calls by home plate umpires because I think that these umpires, by and large, do good jobs on balls and strikes. And doing good jobs on balls and strikes is not easy, especially in this day and age of like every pitcher throwing, you know, 95 plus. And to me, there should be automatic ball and strike calls anyway. I am a fan. I am an endorser of the automated strike zone in Major League Baseball. These umps are put in impossible positions to where if the umps get like 98% of the calls right, people still hammer the umps for not getting the other 2% correct. But all of that said, it was funny to me seeing Lane Thomas sound off on Ben May 
after that second strikeout. You know, we don't hear from Lane Thomas often to say nothing of we don't see him say things to umpires often. I mean, say to yourself right now, what does Lane Thomas sound like? Can you even in your mind envision what Lane Thomas sounds like? Like, I bet for a lot of you know, right? He just, you don't hear from him all that much. And yet, these calls by Ben May were egregious enough to where Lane Thomas all of a sudden became Earl Weaver <laughs> and was letting May have it. Here's the pitch. Fastball, strike three call. Wow, maybe. Thomas is upset again. That pitch appeared to be outside. That's twice he's been rung up. And he's given it to the umpire. Boy, he is hot. That's about as angry as you'll see Lane Thomas get. And Ben May, I guess to his credit, let Thomas have his say. Thomas did not get tossed. We have seen guys get tossed for saying less. Thomas did not get tossed. And I wonder if maybe Ben May deep down inside knew uh, that he had uh, some botched some of his calls. But he did botch those calls. Also on Saturday, Dominic Smith got a hit. He is an at-starting first baseman and number five batter. One for three with a single and a hit by pitch. Smith in the Nats two-run fourth, a one-out single to center field to snap a one-for-16 slump. Uh, Dom Smith needed that. Game three for the Nats against the Phillies Sunday afternoon at 135. Trevor Williams will be the Nats starting pitcher. Hey, are you a law firm partner stuck on an underperforming team while the rest of the competitors are spending big and winning big? Well, Unlike Mackenzie Gore and Capert Ruiz, you have options. You don't have to stay on your 60-win team. Nats Chat sponsor Mason Kalfis and his team specialize in placing partners and associates at medium-sized and large law firms in Washington, D.C. and across the country. Mason Kalfis has recruiters in six states and has placed lawyers in more than half of the 100 largest law firms in the United States. While you may be reading doom and gloom from the legal press, many practices are red-hot antitrust, IP litigation, white-collar litigation, finance and direct lending, and healthcare. Because you are not under a CBA or team control for six years, in fact, staying at a firm too long is often a recipe for being underpaid. Explore your options today with Mason Kalfas. Call Mason today at 202-486-3535. That number again, 202-486-3535. Getting tickets to sporting events has changed from the old days. There are more options than ever before, but game time stands out above the rest. If you need last-minute tickets to the ballpark or any other local sporting event, visit gametime.co. They even have options to purchase parking. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code NATSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NATSCHAT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's not doing anything baseball-wise. I met with him yesterday. We had a good discussion. He's not going to be here today. He felt that he didn't want to distract from uh, from the opening day festivities, and uh, he's just taking he's taking it day by day, and uh, and uh, you know trying to you know, just get healthy. So we on Saturday had this Nats 4-2 loss to the Phillies, but we on Saturday morning had this report on Steven Strasburg. Nats insider Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post on Saturday morning came out with a report painting a really grim picture for Nats starting pitcher Steven Strasburg. The report stated that Strasburg, per three people familiar with the situation, has been completely shut down from physical activity again and is dealing with, quote, severe nerve damage, end quote. Said the report of the surgery to address thoracic outlet syndrome that Strasburg underwent on July 28, 2021, quote, the surgery removed a rib and two muscles from his neck. Last summer, he couldn't stand for long before his right hand went numb. He often had to lie down and press his hand against his chest to be a warped version of comfortable, end quote. Jesse Doherty in the report also said that the Nats, according to four people within the organization, do not have any disability insurance on Strasburg's seven-year, $245 million contract. So two big items in this report. Uh, Let's deal with each of the major items in the report. So first, this reveal that Strasburg has been completely shut down from physical activity again and is dealing with, quote, severe nerve damage, end quote. Just awful. I hated reading that. You know, at this point, forget about Steven Strasburg's career. That, to me, has essentially been over for a while now. I mean, I said it when he got the surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome, TOS is a destroyer of pitchers' careers, and more likely than not, the Steven Strasburg who he had come to know was gone. And now it looks like his career is gone. At this point, the hot take isn't that Strasburg's career is over. At this point, the hot take is that Strasburg's career is not over, okay? He's done. He's never pitching again. But put that aside. At this point, the concern with Strasburg isn't his career. The concern is his quality of life. Uh, I mean, this guy can't get right. And that he's dealing with, quote, severe nerve damage, end quote, uh, very concerning. You know, Strasburg, as of last check, has two young daughters. The notion that he may have trouble, you know, picking them up and playing with them, etc., because of, quote, severe nerve damage, end quote, just awful, man. I hated reading this. You know, we hear about former NFL players having major physical problems. We don't often hear about former Major League Baseball players having major physical problems, but it's sounding like Steven Strasburg moving forward could have significant health issues. So we certainly wish him the best. 
But as for the Nats not having any disability insurance on the Steven Strasburg seven-year, $245 million contract. So this is something that we've all wondered about. And boy, the Nats do not have this insurance really is something. I mean, you think about this logically, okay? Given the enormous nature of the contract, again, seven years, $245 million. Given Strasburg's substantial injury history at the time of signing the contract, given Strasburg's age at the time of signing the contract, Strasburg signed this contract off having already entered his 30s. The Nats 2019 World Series championship season was Strasburg's age 30 season. He signed this contract in December 2019. Given all of these things, how in the world? Did the learners not take out any disability insurance on this contract? I mean, that to me is nuts. That to me is classic penny wise and a pound foolish. Look, we know the deal with the learners as Nats owners. The learners as Nats owners have shown this propensity for not spending money until absolutely necessary. Now, the learners, to their credit, have spent quite a bit on player salaries. But on things other than player salaries, there has been this penchant for not spending until absolutely necessary. I wonder if this is why the learners did not take out any disability insurance on the Strasbourg contract. In other words, well, the insurance is expensive. We may not even need it. So why spend the money on it? You know, that kind of a thing. But whatever the reason, okay, like, wow. I would think that the learners now very much regret not taking out any disability insurance on this contract. Uh, wow. Nothing has gone well for Steven Strasburg since he signed this contract. Uh, seven years, $245 million. He signs the deal in December 2019 off having opted out of his previous contract and off, of course, having won 2019 World Series MVP. And ever since this contract was signed, it has been a nightmare for Steven Strasburg professionally. Strasburg in the 2020 regular season made just two starts. He on August 26, 2020, underwent surgery to alleviate corporal tunnel neuritis in his right hand. Strasburg in the 2021 regular season made just five starts. He on July 28, 2021, underwent that surgery to address thoracic outlet syndrome, and Strasburg in the 2022 regular season made just one major league start. He had a 7-4 loss at the Miami Marlins on June 9th, 2022, so almost a full year ago at this point, allowed seven runs in four and two-thirds innings, and then just five days later, June 14th, 2022, the Nats put Strasburg on the 15-day injured list retroactive to June 11th, 2022 with a stress reaction of the ribs and the Nats on July 14th, 2022 transferred Strasburg to the 60-day injured list. And since that, we've had three major updates on Strasburg, each one seemingly more ominous than the previous one. Uh, September 16th, 2022, a piece by Jesse Doherty on Strasburg, who in the piece admitted that he was uncertain whether he would ever pitch in a game again. Then Davey Martinez in a press conference this past February 15th, what was the day of the first workout for pitchers and catchers at 2023 National Spring Training in West Palm Beach, Florida, revealed that Strasburg had been shut down due to a recurrence of nerve pain and the recurrence had happened of just two bullpen sessions. And now we have this report from Jesse Doherty on Saturday morning. Look, you don't need to be shedding any tears for Steven Strasburg, okay? You certainly don't need to be setting up a GoFundMe for Steven Strasburg. But, you know, this isn't about the money. 
It is sad what has happened with him. So again, all the best to him. I hope that there is a way. I so hope that there is a way in which Strasburg can get a proper goodbye at Nationals Park. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure when. But he deserves a proper goodbye. He is one of the best clutch performers in Washington, D.C. sports history. Never mind Nats history. Never mind D.C. baseball history. One of the best clutch performers in Washington, D.C. sports history, period. Steven Strasburg, in his postseason career, nine games, including eight starts, 55 and a third inning. So, you know, not some microscopic sample size. ERA of 146, whip of 0.94, a strikeouts to walks ratio of 71 to 8. 71 strikeouts versus eight walks. Again, one of the best clutch performers in Washington, D.C. sports history. And that ultimately is his legacy more than anything else. Yes, you mentioned the injuries. Yes, you mentioned the contract. But the number one item in the Steven Strasburg legacy is that he is one of the best clutch performers in D.C. sports history. You tell us what you think. You can tweet us at Nats underscore chat. You can email us, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. Email from Joel Charney on our conversation on the last installment of the podcast about the uh, possibility slash likelihood of the Nats taking LSU starting pitcher Paul Skeens with the number two overall pick in the 2023 MLB draft. Uh, If, in fact, the Pittsburgh Pirates take LSU outfielder Dylan Cruz with the number one overall pick in the draft. But what if the Pirates take neither Cruz nor Skeens? Writes Joel, Thanks for another great season to date of the Nats Chat Podcast. Whether the Nats win or lose, you all put on an analytical clinic (laughs) every day. And it's nice to see the Nats being competitive after the dismal start. Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. Continues, Joel. The Nats might have a choice of crews or skeins, as the Pirates may go with a high school player to save money for an above-slot signing with their next pick. Not sure if any of you are ESPN Insider subscribers, but see this piece from Kylie McDaniel. As a Pirates fan, I think this would be insane, but it's already out there as a possibility. So if the choice is Cruz, who is being compared to Mike Trout, or Skeens, who is being talked about as the best college pitcher since Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg, who do you pick? Keeping in mind that you never pick for need in the MLB draft. So the fact that the Nats have Wood, Hassel, and Green in the system makes no difference. For what it's worth, the Athletics' Keith Law says it is a stone-cold lock that Mike Rizzo will take Dylan Cruz if the Pirates try to get clever. It's a shame that the draft is still five weeks away, but this gives you all plenty of time to mull this over. Thank you for the email, Joel. So if the Nats do have their choice of Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens, the choice should be Cruz. Because there's a lot more certainty with position players in MLB drafts than there is with pitchers in MLB drafts, mainly due to the frequency with which pitchers get hurt. Assuming that the Nats consider both Cruz and Skeens to be outstanding prospects, the pick should be Cruz if the Pirates do what they, by the way, should not do and don't take Cruz or Skeens. And Joel is 100% right. 
the idea that, hey, well, the Nats already have three promising outfield prospects and James Wood, Robert Hassel III, and Elijah Green. Uh, do not think like that, okay? Remove that thought from your mind. Erase that thought from your hard drive. Uh, a team in the MLB draft, especially a rebuilding team like the Nats, should take the best players available regardless of positions. And you think about this, I mean, Wood and or Hassel and or Green uh, could get hurt, could not pan out. And if all three do pan out and Cruz does pan out, you could always trade one of those guys for a massive haul. So to me, I would go Dylan Cruz if, in fact, the Nats at two have their pick of Cruz or Paul Skeens. Uh, Man, if the Pirates don't take one of those guys and each guy turns out to be a stud, (laughs) what is that going to say about the Pirates if the guy who they take does not turn out to be a stud? So... We'll see. Uh, It is fascinating, though. This is one of the most interesting MLB drafts in years, and not just because the Nats have the number two overall pick. The 2023 MLB draft will begin on Sunday night, July 9th. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. A thank you to Tim Newmark. For the Nat Chat podcast music, visit timnewmark.com. Nat Chat is on the radio Sunday mornings, 11 to 12 on ESPN Richmond, which is 106.1 FM in the Richmond, Virginia area and ESPNRichmond.com online. Uh, I'm Al Galdi. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time on the Nat Chat podcast. High chopper. Ball game is over. And he's done it. Paul Skeens. Goes the distance and wins it 7-2, and LSU is moving on. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.